Well, good day to you at Lifehouse Church. What an incredible privilege I have of sharing the Word of God today. And uh, we miss you guys. I just want to pass my greetings on for Michelle as well. I trust you all well. I trust you keeping safe in these times of great uncertainty. Uh, but we know God is not uncertain in any form or any shape. Um, if the Word of God is not uncertain, it's alive, it's active, it's not chained, it's not bound by COVID or restrictions. And so I trust the word I have to share with you today would be of encouragement to you, would strengthen you, and would continue to work in you and through you. So a real privilege, and I appreciate it. Love to James and Lee and the rest of the leaders there, and hopefully not in the too distant future, I will be with you guys. Look forward to that. Anyway, so what I want to talk to you about today is something I felt God speak to me about right at the outset of this whole COVID thing. As uh, many of people have been saying, God, what, when, how, whatever, I just felt God drop a little phrase in my heart and say, tell my people not to lose heart, not to lose heart, because <clears throat> it's very important the way we respond when things are uncertain or when we're going through some tough times or when there's a great deal of uncertainty surrounding us and we're not too sure what to do. So it's very important that we respond in a correct way because we position ourselves for what God wants to do into the future. We position ourselves for what God's going to do into the future and for the work that he's going to do in and through us. And so it helps us stay in a place of faith. It helps us live with the continued victory mindset. Jesus has won the victory. So everything we do is from a place of victory. And it helps us be front-footed. There's an incident in Exodus 6 where the Lord comes to Moses and tells Moses, go tell the people of Israel all that I'll do. And you can go read it from verse 6 to 9. And the Lord says, tell the people of Israel that I will be their God. I will deliver them. I will watch over them. I will remove their enemies from them. There's seven I will. So I will do this and I will do that. So Moses goes to the people of Israel and tells them all that God said. And the Bible says in verse 10, they were so discouraged that they could not hear what Moses had to say. And that's what discouragement does. It like tends to block a heart and block our ears, and all that God is doing. And no matter what we see with the natural eye, God is certainly on the throne. He's at work. So I want to say, let's not lose heart. So what does it mean not to lose heart? It means to give in to trouble, to be exasperated by difficulty, to be defeated in spirit, or be, be discouraged. And so I want to share a little something from the Word of God about a couple of places in the New Testament where it talks about not losing heart. Now, many of the places doesn't exactly use that phraseology, but the Greek word behind the phraseology is exactly the same, not to lose heart. And so the first one is in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And if you read verse 1, and then we're going to go down to verse 16, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 4 verse 1 says this, Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. 
So Paul is speaking to the people in Corinth and saying, because we have this ministry, and we've seen chapter 3, it's the ministry of the Spirit, don't lose heart. And he compares in chapter 3 the Old Testament with the New Testament. He compares what happened when Moses went up the mount to fetch the law from the Lord, the Ten Commandments, and how the mountain shook and there was thunder and there was lightning and how the glory of God came upon the mountain and then later upon Moses. And then he compares that with the glory that comes into the New Testament by the Spirit of God. And he says the Old Testament, although it came with such glory, that faded. But the New Testament, the glory of God through the ministry of the Spirit, never fades. Never fades. In actual fact, it just takes us from one degree of glory to the next. And the ministry of the New Testament by the Spirit of God brings righteousness and life and freedom. And in chapter 3, verse 10, 12, he says, Therefore, since we have such a hope, do not lose heart. Do not lose heart because we have the ministry of the Spirit of God that is continually working in our hearts and through our hearts and changing us from one degree of glory to the next. So that's what he says in the beginning. And then at the verse 16, same chapter 4, he says this, Therefore, we do not lose heart. So he says that again. That outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So while we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen, for what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So again, Paul, at the end of the chapter says, therefore, don't lose heart. The outwardly things are chaotic and things, we're not too sure what's happening and there's so much uncertainty, but inwardly we've been renewed day by day by the Spirit of God as we're allowed to work in us. And if you go back into chapter 4, Paul and from verse 7 says that we have this treasure in jars of clay. And then he goes on to share what he went through, how he was mistreated, how he was pressed on every side but not crushed, how he was perplexed, not despaired, how he was persecuted but not abandoned, how he was struck down but not destroyed. And so he's talking, that's what he went through. And he said, although he felt this death process happening inside him, but he knew the life of Jesus was being revealed through him to other people. So in verse 13, he says, I believe, therefore I've spoken with the same spirit of faith. I believe and therefore speak. So I encourage you, speak what God is doing in your life. Speak the promises of God. Speak what God is, what is real to you from the Spirit of God. Speak it out. Declare it. So we don't lose heart. And we have been changed from one degree of glory to another. So whatever you've been through, maybe you've been through a tough time in this COVID time. Maybe you have felt very constrained. Maybe some of you have lost your jobs, unfortunately. Maybe some of you had the children at home, which is a little chaotic or there's been a loss of income, or maybe your business is not doing well in this particular time because they're so uncertain. 
There might even be tension in the home because everything's so crowded and everybody's living in one another and you can't go out. And then things tend to rise up inside of us. There's a rising up of some stuff inside us that sometimes is not very pleasant. But I want to encourage you, don't be discouraged. Don't lose heart. God is at work within you, changing you from one degree of glory to the next. Inwardly, day by day, he's renewing you. I want to read something that Derek Prince said about this particular chapter. Chapter 4, verse 16, 17, 18. This is what Derek Prince said. He said, in the providence of God, affliction serves a useful purpose for the believer. It forms and strengthens our character and prepares us for the eternal glory that lies ahead. But affliction, trials and tribulation, serves us only while we keep our eyes on the invisible realm, while we keep our eyes on Jesus. If we lose sight of this and become preoccupied with the world of time and of the senses, where it's all about me in a sense, we're no longer able to receive the benefits that affliction is intended to work out of us. And so I encourage you, go read this chapter. Don't lose heart. We have this wonderful ministry of the Spirit of God working in us and through us. We have the Spirit of God deposited within us when we were born again. We have this treasure in jars of clay. And though things outwardly are chaotic, there's something that God is doing inwardly and changing us and building character and bringing a sense of maturity to us. So that's the first thing I want to say. Don't lose heart from that particular point in time. The second thing is in Galatians chapter 6. And let me quickly turn there, if I may, so I can read it out to you. Galatians 6, from verse 7, it says this. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Then he says, let us not become weary. It's the same word. Do not lose heart. In doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. So these are the good works that God has prepared for us to do. These works don't justify us or sanctify us. But Paul is writing to the Corinthian, sorry, Galatian church here and encouraging them the way to sow to the Spirit is to continue to reach outside of yourself, is continue to see how you can help one another. And help takes our eyes off ourselves and some of our hardships we gain through. And so he says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of God. So he's saying, don't lose heart. Don't give up in doing this. So simply, practically, how does this work? Lord, who can I encourage today? Lord, who can I phone today to encourage? Lord, who can I possibly give some finance to? Or who can I go give a meal to? That's the way he's saying, don't lose heart in doing this good because it'll work in you. 
to such a wonderful output in the days to come. And then thirdly, in Luke chapter 18, Jesus tells a parable about prayer. In Luke 11, he tells a parable about prayer. And in Luke 18, he tells a parable about prayer. And I want to read it to you. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will not. He will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? So in verse 1, it says that you should always pray and not give up. And that word not give up means do not lose heart. In other words, don't lose heart in crying out to God for justice. So let me explain this parable a little bit because it helps us understand it. This is about justice. The words used in this parable is judge, justice, and adversary. Often Jesus used the words in a parable, trees and soil and sheep and seeds, not in this parable. This is like justice. It's like a court of law. It's justice. And justice is a big deal in the eyes of the Lord. It's a very big deal. Plus minus 500 times the Bible talks about the justice of God. And in Psalm 97 and in Psalm 89 verse 14, the Bible says, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. So we have to understand that about 2,000 years ago, a decree was issued from the judgment seat of God. And in that decree, the evil one was judged. The work of the evil one was destroyed. It was a legal proclamation was given for the church. That's for you and me against the evil one. That's what was done about 2,000 years ago. So when we believe we have been wronged in some way, either something's been taken from us, or somebody's criticized us, or we haven't been received what is rightfully ours, then we go to the Lord and cry for justice. Now, when we do that, we never cry out to bring justice against people. It's not against people. It's against the work of what the evil one has brought about in our lives. So before we can come before the righteous judge and ask justice, we need to make sure that we're living in a place of a right relationship with God. What do I mean by that? Number one, when we cried for justice, 
Justice is not revenge. It's not retaliation. God and God alone is the one who initiates the justice in his way, in his time, when he decides to do it. And we have to leave it with him. And we need to be innocent before him. What do I mean by that? We need to be walking with no unforgiveness in our hearts. We need to be able to that we've forgiven others. So we need to know that our heart is clear before the Lord. Because when we don't forgive other people, we make ourselves the just. We make ourselves the judge to bring justice. And we need to leave it in the hands of the Lord. So to the degree that we're innocent, God can act on our behalf. God will put it right. So I encourage you as you cry out to him day and night for justice, where you feel you've been wronged, where you feel like I said stuff's been taken from you, or you feel you've been slandered or, or unjustly treated. Make sure you have short accounts with God, living right with him, and then begin to ask, begin to ask, begin to cry out to him, because that's what the parable says. Day and night, day and night they came before him. Day and night they cried out. And it says God waits for us to ask. And then God will bring the justice. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 18 says this. Therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. And therefore he will be exalted that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. So we wait upon him. And he waits upon us to cry out to him. And then we leave it in his hands. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you strongly not to lose heart in this season. It's been an extended time. I know we, we're busy coming out of lockdown. We're in phase two or three. I'm not too sure what phase we are in, to be honest with you. Things are slowly opening up. But we just don't know when things will get back to normal. I don't know if they ever will get back to normal. But in the meantime, extended time, don't lose heart. I really encourage your life as church. God is with you people. He's doing a lot in you. I hear some wonderful testimonies. I hear of the work He's doing in you. He's doing through you. Allow Him to continue to take you from one degree of glory to the next. And as you have opportunity, continue to reach out to others. Continue to do good to other people. Continue to help other people. And then continue to pray out. Continue to cry out to God for justice. Continue to cry out for God for justice. And so I'm very excited to see what God's going to continue to do in you people and through you people. So I just want to encourage you. It's not long, very simple. And thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for listening. And one further thing. If there's any of you that hear this message today and you feel like you've been bombarded with negative thoughts, discouraging thoughts, it's like a persistent. I just want to briefly pray for you and then pray a blessing over you people. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for Lifehouse Church. I thank you for James and Lee. I thank you for the leaders in that church. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege of your word that is alive and active today. 
I pray for every person that is bombarded with negative thoughts, with thoughts that are just bombarding them, Lord, discouraging thoughts, thoughts that want to continually pull them down. I pray your peace upon them, Lord. Release them from these thoughts so they can focus again on your goodness and on who you are. Lord, bless Lifehouse Church. Bless Lifehouse Church. And I thank you for today. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you all. Go well. Ken, thanks for that amazing word this morning. Uh, it's always powerful. Such an honor to have you delivering that word to us today. Okay, if you are new, we want to be connected with you. So if you're on our online platform, then up in the top right-hand corner, or we're about to display in the chat, a, a link for you to connect with us. If you're not in the online platform, then on YouTube or Facebook, just in this description below, you'll find a link to that connection card. And, and we want you to fill that out so that we can stay connected with you because church is about community and we've got something we want to send to you. But most importantly, we just want to get to know you. So fill out that connection card right now. Just take that minute so that we can be connected with you. Right, also, for those of you that are not don't have people over or in your homes at this moment in time, we want to have some Zoom chats with you. You can join a Zoom chat room. The connection's going up on the online platform. And again, on Facebook or YouTube, the link to those chat rooms is below in the description. And lastly, we've got prayer rooms that you can join in today. And so if you need prayer, then you can join a Zoom room where people will be praying for you today. It's a separate one from our chat rooms. And so, uh, again, in the description on Facebook or YouTube, you can click that link. Or if you're on the online platform, look at the link that's been put up. We've also texted links out to everybody in the congregation today. Wonderful. Well, thanks for joining with us. Thanks for being with us. Have an amazing week. Can't, uh, can't wait to join with you again next Sunday.